The following is a Thunderbolt West Media production. This show is dedicated to all those crazy conspiracy theorists out there. You are listening to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show with Jim Calhoun. The storm was coming, the sky was on fire, fear was in their eyes. It's my opinion that we should be prepared to lean on our faith and be able to step out on the sea. Thanks for tuning in to the Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show. I'm your host, Jim Calhoun. This show features off-grid topics such as creating your own power, gardening, homesteading, and other issues related to off-grid living. I also seek to educate my listeners about survival and prepping, and I'll talk about anything from government corruption to chemtrails. Also, I feel that our constitutional republic is worth saving so I never miss an opportunity to do my part in helping to save our Republic. I have two main goals for this show. Number one, to help you build your faith in God. And number two, to help each listener become as self-sufficient as possible. This show originates at the Harmony Barn Studios, located near Hershey, Nebraska, in the United States of America. The Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show airs on global shortwave stations WBCQ, Monticello, Maine, at frequency 7.490, and also on WRMI, Radio Miami International, on frequency 5850. And you can tune in to Key Radio, 89.3 FM, in Osage Beach, Missouri. And this show is also available on demand on Spreaker, Anchor, Podpoint, Podpage, and Red Circle. My email address is jim at offgridliving.faith and be sure to visit my website, which is offgridliving.faith. Thanks for tuning in, everyone. I really appreciate it. And I want to say a special hello to all my radio family and friends out there. I'm getting to know quite a few of you through your cards and letters and a phone call or two, and I really appreciate it. I have a bunch of awesome people that are listening to this show. And that really does my heart good. And I've heard from several here just yesterday. I heard from the crazy conspiracy sister that lives in the woods, and she sent me a nice card. I appreciate that. And sounds like her and her husband are working hard out on their property, doing a lot of clearing and building some ponds and doing some things like that. And and she mentioned in her letter that they were able to kind of tune the world out by keeping busy, and I think that's really a good idea, that we need to start tuning out this satanic, horrible world and pay attention to our loved ones and our properties and our animals, just things in general we need to just take care of business in our own mind and not let this chaotic world just totally turn us upside down. 
and unfortunately it's happened to me several times. Well, today I wanted to talk about conspiracy theories and other topics, but my main topic today is conspiracy theories. I've been called a conspiracy theorist for a long time. There are several people that think I wear a tinfoil hat, but the hat that I do wear, I wouldn't call it tin foil, maybe aluminum foil. I'm not quite sure. Of course, I'm being facetious there. I really do believe that the conspiracy nuts out there are the only sane and rational people that we have left in our society. And a lot of people don't like Alex Jones for various reasons. But you have to admit, Alex Jones is probably the best-known conspiracy theorist as far as independent media in the world today. And look at all of his predictions. Look at everything that he's been saying for 15 years or more. And guess what? Almost all of them have either came true or are coming true right now. He has exposed so many things. And another was the late, great Art Bell. Art Bell was probably the father of all conspiracy theorists as far as bringing it to the radio. I know Alex Jones and him came up about the same time, but I have to say that I learned about Alex Jones through listening to Alex as a guest on Art Bell's show, Coast to Coast AM. Not to be confused with the show that that's morphed into after he went off the air with George Norrie, which is a decent show, but George Norrie is no Art Bell, and I think even George would admit that. But Art Bell was the original conspiracy theorist that was talking about the Harp Project and chemtrails and cover-ups in the government, and Art Bell was always afraid for his life. And I do believe that in the end, he was justified for being afraid for his life because he was doing an awful lot of exposing. And that's one of the reasons why Alex Jones is in so much trouble legally, is that they're trying to sue him out of existence. But I don't know Alex Jones. I've never met him, and I most likely never will. But just by the little I know of him, I do believe that he's going to be a pretty tough nut to crack, and the more they push on him, the harder he's going to push back. He just seems like the type that if you're going to knock a chip off of his shoulder, you better be ready for a punch in the nose. And I think that's a good thing. I think we need to all hold our ground. But what got me thinking about conspiracies is the way my friend in Missouri signed her letter, the crazy conspiracy theorist in the woods. It seems like there's an awful lot of people out there that are trying to wake their families up only to be told that they're crazy or they're nuts. And I'm going to tell you what's crazy. I just read in Michael Snyder's website, which is themostimportantnews.com, and he's pretty reliable. But one of his articles stated that 43%, and 43% is a pretty large percent, 43% of the American voters think that if Joe Biden is not re-elected, the United States is doomed. I'm going to say that again so you can take this in. 43% of the American voters think that if Biden is not re-elected, 
the country's doomed. Are these people crazy or are they just on drugs? 43% think that the future of the United States hinges on putting Joe Biden back in office. He stole it the first time he's illegitimate. But they think that keeping this corrupt, old curmudgeon, groping, child molesting, this guy is evil, folks. They think that him being in office is going to keep our country from being doomed. Don't they see that this fossil, this walking cadaver, is trying to start a world war with Russia? Don't they see the corruption? Don't they see our economy imploding? Don't they see the taxes going up? Don't they see the value of our dollar going away? Don't they see the strategic reserve of our petroleum is gone? Don't they see that he's disrupted all of our normal business practices, such as producing energy and pipelines and cold-powered power plants? And you could just go on and on and on about the destruction that this man has done to our country. Him and his entire regime seems to think that one of the biggest assets you can have is being transgender. And so you can be brain-dead, illiterate, but if you're transgender, well, then you're the perfect person to put in a cabinet post. There are people serving on our government that don't care. Just like Mike Pence that says that it's not his concern about the American people, and he's still in the race, can you believe that? But getting back to Joe Biden, 43% of the people, do you believe that? Do you honestly believe that? Coming from Michael Snyder, and he's reliable. I know he does his research. But that seems like a very high number of people that think our country is doomed. But if his number is correct, we are doomed. Period. That means that 43% of the people are so stupid that I don't even know how they know how to get out of bed in the morning. These people wouldn't even know what direction is up if they think that Joe Biden is doing such a great job that the whole existence of our nation hinges on whether he gets back in. That just floored me. But we're living in an age of propaganda. And there's so many things that are being said. I, I heard that the Ukrainian artillery is taking out the Russian artillery. For every one piece of Ukrainian artillery that gets destroyed by Russia, Ukraine says they destroy four Russian artillery batteries, but yet their counteroffensive is stalled out. So can you believe that Ukraine is winning the artillery war? I, for one, don't. I think it's propaganda. I don't even think it's a one-to-one. -one. And if it is a three destroyed to one destroyed, it's the other way around. It's Russia destroying the Ukrainian artillery at that rate. Now, why do I say that? Simple. Air superiority. If you have air superiority, definitely you're going to have an advantage in reconnaissance and all sorts of things. All sorts of good things happen to the army that has air superiority. And all sorts of bad things happen to armies that don't have that same air superiority. And so for 
the Ukrainians to be saying that they are winning the war of artillery. And weren't they just a month or so ago about out of shells and we had to send them cluster munitions? Nothing adds up. And this 43% thinking that Joe Biden is basically the savior of our country, that doesn't add up. And so I think we have an awful lot of disinformation. Those aren't conspiracy theories. It's just flat plane disinformation. But we are living in a world of BS, total BS, everywhere you look. And so you really have to use discernment. It's like when I used to listen to regular AM and FM radio, which I don't listen to anymore. When I listen to the radio, I listen to shortwave exclusively. You might say, well, why? It's because every time I would turn on an AM or FM station, about half the time they were trying to brainwash me or indoctrinate me to all sorts of things. I know when I quit listening, they were running PSAs that were telling how many kids went to bed in Nebraska hungry every night. Every night, over one million children in Nebraska go to bed hungry. Really? Don't you know the population of this state? There's not one million kids in this state. What do you mean over a million go to bed hungry? What, are they fictional kids? Nebraska does not have one million children. Period. And that's what I mean by disinformation. It seemed like every other PSA was about the starving children, the over one million starving children in Nebraska. Some of them are so obviously phony like that that they're real easy to discern, but others are sneakier. But they're using them on all sorts of PSAs, on, on everything you can imagine, all across the United States. And they're trying to tell everyone that things are a certain way when they're not. And apparently, a lot of people are listening to these PSAs, and a lot of people are getting conditioned to believe what they're hearing. And those kind of people are the type that call you a conspiracy theorist. They'll listen to a, a blatant lie like over a million kids are going to bed hungry in Nebraska when there's not even a million kids here. They'll listen to that and think it's true. But if you tell them that there was more than one gunman, that killed John F. Kennedy, some of them would say, oh, no, the Warren Commission, I'll solve that. Uh, no, that was just one, one gunman, one lone gunman. Of course, very few people believe that, but it seems like the things that are obvious, that there was more than one gunman, are the ones that seem to be touted as the biggest conspiracies. On a daily basis, one after another, the conspiracy theories turn into well-known facts. Just like there was a time when the Bilderberger Group and the New World Order and the WEF and all these things that have been in the shadows, they said they didn't exist. And then once it was exposed that they did exist, well, you were wrong about their intentions and so forth and so on. And so, like peeling an onion one layer at a time, we keep getting more conspiracy theories turned into facts. And you're going to hear this as a conspiracy theory as well, and it's a fact, that I believe it was the daughter of Klaus Schwab of the World Economic Forum came out and said that climate lockdowns are going to be a reality, so we need to get used to it. 
Who elected these people as rulers of anything? They start an organization, they give it a name, they have some money, and then they start dictating what they want to have done. And for some reason, governments do what they say. It's just, it's very evil. It's just like if I start, it's just like if I started an organization and I, and I came out with a decree, because of all the climate change, everyone has to give me all their money. You'd look at me and go, what? Are you crazy? And that's the way we need to treat these World Economic Forum people. They're crazy. They don't hold any power in office. All they have is a bunch of money. And how did they get their money? You need to always ask that question. Like George Soros, people say, oh yeah, he's rich. Like he's a celebrity. He's great because he's rich. You know how George Soros got his start? George Soros happens to be Jewish, and he got his start and made a lot of money selling out his own people, the Jewish people, to the Nazis in World War II. I'm sure there was lots of Jewish families that gave them everything they owned if he would just not turn them in. And he took what they owned and he turned them in anyway. The man is pure evil, and that's how he got his start. And while we're at it, like with the Kennedys, the Kennedys are just absolutely filthy rich. And people say, oh yeah, the Kennedys, they have money. How did they make their money? Well, the old man back in the day that started everything, you would have to say Papa Kennedy, he ran illegal whiskey during the Prohibition and all sorts of different things with organized crime. That's how the Kennedys got their money. And right now the Bidens, the Bidens are very wealthy. Their whole family. Lots of people that are within their family are rich and also family friends. How did they get their money? By digging ditches? By working hard? By getting their hands dirty? Well, they got their hands dirty, all right, but kickbacks and bribes and corruption? We're going to have to stop worshiping people just because they have money. The money they have is immaterial. The question is, is how do they earn their money? If they earn their money legitimately and honestly, then good for them. No problem. But if they earn their money by using child labor and slave labor and coercion and bribery and organized crime tactics and blackmail and all the other evils that happen, well, I have no respect for them at all. A perfect example of someone I totally respect made a fortune during the Great Depression. But he sold a product and it was a good product that helped many, many people. And he, in turn, was able to go through the Great Depression without feeling the pinch. And that was the first bodybuilder of note, Charles Atlas, who everyone, if they're older, has seen one of the Charles Atlas ads in a comic book. Charles Atlas came up with a product that all he had to do was walk to his mailbox and mail it out. So he had to write a course, which he did, a very good one, and then he simply just had to make copies of what he had written and mail them out to his students. And his students included Joe Lewis and Joe DiMaggio and some of the best-known athletes of the mid-20th century were all Charles Atlas trained as far as using his method of conditioning and bodybuilding. Even Arnold Schwarzenegger was a pupil of Charles Atlas at one time, so Charles Atlas was the one that started it all, but he did it legitimately. 
He did it very smart. In a little rabbit trail about Charles Atlas's, he knew that there were young men who were very impressionable who were buying his health and fitness course. And so he made it a point to be a role model. So he always drank milk every time he went out. He never had a beer. He never had whiskey. He lived a very simple life and a frugal life. He had an average house and an average family. Lived in an average neighborhood. Even though he had lots of money, he never flaunted it. He was extremely humble and he was extremely grateful. Now, people like that that earn a fortune, I commend them. I salute them. That is a one, it's wonderful they were able to do that. But people like the Bidens, who take every shortcut and peddle influence and everything they're doing, and of course, that's a conspiracy theory that, oh, the Bidens, they're not peddling influence. That, well, Hunter, he's a great artist. He's selling over a million dollars of painting, and what a great artist, the best artist that's ever lived. And They just keep pumping these lies out to cover their crimes. And those of us who are awake, we see it. We tell people, hey, these are crimes. Oh, you must be one of those conspiracy theorists. You need a tinfoil hat. So I think that everyone who is a conspiracy theorist, like me, and I'm proud that I am, now the phrase conspiracy theorist was meant to mock and ridicule and to make people not want to be called that. I would rather call us truth seekers and truth tellers. You know, when we see something that is the way it is, and we tell people that we see what it is and how it is and where it is and why it is, and they've been told something different, well, they would call us conspiracy theorists. Well, we need to tell them, no, we're truth tellers. There's no conspiracy when you're telling the truth. And in all actuality, there is a conspiracy. There's a conspiracy to hush everything up. But of course, that's a conspiracy theory. I just think we need to all understand that we're fighting such a war of information and disinformation and propaganda. And some of these conspiracy theories they do put out there are put out on purpose to misguide and mislead. I know several people that think that everyone in Washington is a body double and everyone's been executed, and they're just waiting for the right time to have all the white hats come in and make everything right. And to those people, I think that you need to rethink things a little bit and, and take a look and see how everything is. Now, I've seen the pictures of Joe Biden and other people that there's obvious differences between people. And I'm sure there are some body doubles that are out there waving to crowds now and again that claims to be Joe Biden when it's actually a body double. That wouldn't surprise me a bit if there's several people that are mimicking him. But to think that all of our congressmen and senators and things are all body doubles, I think that's going way over the top as far as wishful thinking. So we have to keep things real and we have to keep things sane and you know, well thought out. And so I would ask anyone that thinks that Washington has been cleaned up and they're just waiting to unveil the new Washington, well, I think that you're going to have a long wait because I don't think that there's been a lot of executions and I don't think that those theories bear any weight. And I also think that those theories were put out there by people who oppose us 
to make us all look ill-informed and ignorant. And so really be careful if, because if the theory happens to be a pretty wild one, there's a pretty good idea that it was hatched in a focus group somewhere and released, just like they hatched up the COVID-19 virus and released that on us. These people don't care if we live or we die. Matter of fact, they kind of do. They'd rather we were dead. And they also want to make us make fools of ourselves. So we need to be in prayer for discernment, and we need to use our own common sense when we're listening to different conspiracy theories, because there's an awful lot of conspiracy theories out there that are not true, that have been cooked up, just for the reason they want us all to look bad. And since that's been happening, as far as people concocting theories to try to discredit all of us who are awake, that means we're right over the target. That means that we understand what's going on, and they know we understand, and so they have to try to kill the messenger, so to speak. So they have to discredit the messenger. And it seems like that if you're labeled a conspiracy theorist, that means that you believe everything that you're told, and you're wrong on everything. And there's nobody in the world that's right on everything, and there's nobody in the world that's wrong on everything. But yet they have all these brainwashed people thinking that anyone that's a free thinker is automatically wrong on everything. We vote for the wrong people, we eat the wrong food, we hang out with the wrong people, we drive the wrong kind of car, we have the wrong kind of pets, on and on and on. We're just wrong. And you know how much brainwashing it takes to get a population to walk in lockstep with those kind of thoughts? Massive, massive brainwashing. And so all of us conspiracy theorists, nuts that are out there, we have an awful lot of naysayers. And I'm pretty sure you've run into the same type of naysayer that I've run into. And most of them are ignorant, belligerent, very prideful, belittling, bullies. There's probably several other adjectives and words I can use, but... I think that the majority of people who are totally brainwashed, they're belligerent. They're unreachable. But yet, I still try to reach as many as I can, and I'm sure you do too. But it's like my listener in Missouri, who apparently her family thinks that she's some nut conspiracy theorist. And that's really too bad, but she's not alone. There's an awful lot of families that way. I get a lot of cards and emails from people that are the only person in their family that's awake. And one person wrote several months back how lonely he was in his own family. Because his children, his wife, his in-laws, his own family, his own blood relation, all of them thought that he was wrong. All of them thought that Biden was a good president. All of them thought that everything's going fine. You know, the whole nine yards, these people were totally brainwashed. And he said in his email to me that he couldn't even speak at family get-togethers. So what he does is to stay quiet. At the dinner table, when they're having a cup of coffee, when they're sitting around in the evening talking, he doesn't mention anything. He just keeps still. Because any time he would open his mouth and try to help his family to understand they needed to wake up, they all came against him in mass, and I really felt sorry for this gentleman because I could tell that he was very lonely in his own house. And there's a lot of that going on. And the Bible does say that God will cast a delusion 
over a very vast amount of people. And I do believe that's happened. I think that there's a lot of people living under delusion. And also, I think there's an awful lot of people that are either demon-possessed or they lean towards liking demons and working with demons. I know there's lots of people that are openly confessing they sold their soul to Satan. And, of course, people would say, that's conspiracy theory. Well, I've heard from several famous people, as far as on interviews, that they admitted that they sold their soul to Satan. One of the early ones that came out a long time ago was Bob Dylan. And don't quote me on this because I don't have it in front of me, but I believe Lady Gaga was another one. And so there are a lot of people in the entertainment business, as in the political realm, that are hand-in-hand working with Lucifer. And it's just like these scientists that are putting the substance in the death jab. They call it Luciferese. And they didn't do that for any other reason other than to pay homage to who they worship. But, of course, that's conspiracy theory, as is the, and also the vaccine, or so-called vaccine that I call the death jab. Of course, it's safe and effective. Nine out of every ten dead doctors that died from taking the jab, well, they'll tell you it's safe. Well, they would if they were still alive. It just seems like we're living in such an upside-down BS world. And all of us conspiracy nuts have to stick together. Because time and also history are going to bear out that we are right. At least we're going to be more right than wrong. And we're really not part of the problem. We're part of the solution. And so my hat is off to all of my listeners who are quote-unquote conspiracy nuts because we need to stand our ground and hold to our thoughts and our principles and don't give in to peer pressure and the pressure of these satanic people that try to mock us and belittle us. On the second half of the show, I'm going to be talking about survival. I'm going to be talking about some world events. And also, I'm going to touch briefly on gardening, and I'm going to give another animal update, a very short one, on the other side of this break. And I'll be right back. I would like for each of my listeners to send me an email to let me know how you listen to this program, whether by radio, podcast, or one of the video casts. I'd really appreciate it. That helps me plan the future direction of this program. And I want to assure all of my listeners... I don't keep any emails or email addresses. And so your email address is 100% safe with me. It will go no farther than my inbox. And my email address is jim at offgridliving.faith. And I invite you to visit the website, which is offgridliving.faith, where you'll find links to more information on the show. And also, you can access every one of my Living Off-Grid Power and Information Show episodes on my website. Again, that's offgridliving.faith. If you're listening on frequency 7490, you're listening to the planet WBCQ, Monticello, Maine. And if you're listening to 5850, you're in tune with WRMI, Radio Miami International. And if you're tuned in to 89.3 FM, You're listening to Key Radio, Osage Beach, Missouri. 
What a weird, wacky, crazy world we live in. I was in a convenience store getting some gas for my tractors, and I was filthy because I was bailing, and the baler kept plugging up, and unfortunately I'm bailing some pretty questionable hay that has some cactus and also sandburrs in it. And when you plug up a baler, the only way to unplug a baler is to reach in and pull the hay out and unplug it. And of course, guess who didn't have gloves? Of course, it was me. And I was reaching in, and about every third handful, I'd mutter a discouraging word, because those cactus spines really hurt as they plunge into your fingers. And you can't see them. You just have to blindly reach in and trust you don't hit one. And I needed to trust a little bit more, because I hit a whole bunch of them. But anyway, I was in this convenience store. I was standing in line in the convenience store, and of course, I've got dust and particles of hay on me. and some grease because I had worked on an axle earlier. And in front of me were three or four, I believe they were young men. They looked like young men, but they didn't talk like young men at all. They were all in their 20s. And they were just having such a great conversation all about how everything had to be on their cell phone and how they couldn't function without it. And I'm standing there thinking, oh God, are we ever in trouble. These young men, these are the military-aged young men we have. And I'm seeing more and more of these young men that they were talking about how they couldn't function without their cell phone. Can you imagine having one of these guys have your back in a firefight? Oh, heck no. No way. There's no way these people would have your back in anything. There's no way that these guys could watch your back. There's no way. And they were so soft that I don't think any amount of basic training would whip these guys into shape. There just was no masculinity there whatsoever. None. And people ask me, why don't you hire some young men to help you? Hire them from where? There is one young man that asked me today, actually, he asked me about two weeks ago, if he could come out and help me lift bales. And I want to hire him really bad because he's asked me twice, but... He's got the same answer both times. It's all financial. There's no way I can afford someone to come out. Plus, if he would happen to get hurt, as far as the way that litigation is and insurance is and hospital bills are, I just can't take the chance. Just can't do it. I wish that times were sane and rational to where I could hire a young man at a reasonable price and wouldn't fear him getting hurt to the point of losing everything I own because he gets his finger caught in a chain or something. You never know what could happen out on the ranch. So I'm just better off of being late with getting my work done and being slow at it than I am taking all these chances. But other than this young man, I don't see any around here that are worth hiring. But there is one thing I am seeing, and I put out the word locally, and I think that we all need to pay attention. Now, those of you who live in areas where they're already taking busloads of these illegals, from the southern border, you'll probably say, oh, that's been happening here for months. But it just started happening here in Lincoln County, Nebraska, where I'm from. And I was out moving hay machinery, and I was in the middle of nowhere, at least seven miles from town. And I was driving the tractor, and I saw somebody walking about a mile ahead. And I thought, huh, didn't see a car broke down. Maybe someone's just out exercising. 
Well, I finally got up close to this individual, and I could tell by the way they were walking that they were wore out. They'd walked a long time. And I could also tell it was a young man. And I got close enough, I saw that he was Hispanic. And I pulled the tractor up and was going to give him a ride. And he didn't speak English. But the look he gave me was wild-eyed. He was not happy that I stopped. He wasn't really angry, he just wasn't happy. And he motioned me to go on. Shaking his head almost violently, he didn't want to ride. But the look in his eyes was odd. I don't know if he was on something or... I've never quite seen a look quite like that. I got a good look at his eyes and it just... There was just something wrong. And I thought, I wonder what a young Hispanic man that can't speak English, why he's out here walking in the middle of nowhere. Well, I turned and went down another county road, and there were two more of them. And I thought, uh-oh, I wonder. I wonder if possibly we had a busload dropped off here. Well, I had to go into town and get another five gallons of gas. Seems that's all I do is go buy gas for my tractors. And I saw about 15 more in separate little groups walking around town. And so I know that there was a busload of these people that are crossing the border illegally down in Texas or maybe possibly Arizona or New Mexico, wherever they're crossing, or California. But they're here, and they're walking all around all the county roads. They're walking all around the towns. And they're all military-age young men between 18 and 30. And all of them seem to be agitated. Now, of course, I'd be agitated, too, if I was uprooted from my home and I was in a strange area and nobody spoke my language. I understand that there would be some aggravation there, but there's something odd about what I'm seeing. So I put out the word, you need to lock your doors and keep your eyes wide open, but there is a conspiracy theory, and I do happen to think that this is going to be proven correct, so I'm one of those that will wear that tinfoil hat on this one. We have a lot of Chinese young men, and we have a lot of young men from all over the world who are coming to Mexico and crossing into our border through the south. They're also crossing across the Canadian border, but not in as large a numbers as they are from the south. But they're predominantly Chinese and Hispanic, and some Eastern Europeans, and some Africans, and some Haitians, and some Cubans, and we have people from all over the place, from Venezuela, from North Korea, that are crossing over into our country. And of course they say, oh, they just want a better life, they're just families coming. No, they're not families, they're young, military-aged men. And I've heard that China has shipped in these shipping containers full of arms and ammunition, that what they're doing is they're loading the United States up with a huge amount of sleeper cells. And when they're given the order, all they have to do is go to these containers and you have an army. They're going to have all the artillery they need and all the ammunition. They actually have military vehicles and everything else that are inside crates all over the United States. And I know that that is a wild conspiracy theory. But it's the only thing that makes sense, because why else would young, military-aged men, and none of them are fat, none of them are unfit, none of them are too thin, these seem to be very healthy and solid, 
specimens as far as human beings that are coming across their border. And so that's one conspiracy theory that I think has a lot of merit, is that we are being set up for an armed invasion in this country. And then you add to that illegitimate Joe Biden getting rid of our strategic oil reserve, basically draining it, and then sending all of our military aid and our ammunition and a lot of guns and a lot of, just a lot of everything over to Ukraine, to where I've heard from several people that our own military is in short supply of several of the different types of guns and ammunition because we've sent it all to Ukraine. And another thing that's not a conspiracy theorist that you will be called a conspiracy theorist about is the fact that we now have roughly fifty to 60,000 troops stationed in the Middle East. That's an awful lot of troops to have there. And we have thousands of troops all over the world. We have hundreds of bases all over the world. And we have troops that we are going to possibly send into Niger. And I'm sure that we have special ops people there. And the people who have done the coup and they've taken over that government, well, they have control of that government. Right or wrong, it's their government and it's their people. And if their people don't like this military coup, which it seems that they do, but if they didn't, it's up to the people that live in Niger to kick this coup these people out, or arrest them, or kill them, or whatever they're going to do. It's not up to Nigeria, and it's not up to all the other countries that are bordering Niger, and it's not up to France, even though it was a French colony at one time. It's not up to Europe, it's not up to America, it's not up to anybody to go in and try to reestablish a government in that country, because they're their own sovereign country. That's what I don't like the most about the news media reporting about Ukraine war. They lie about everything, but they keep saying, Russia invaded a sovereign nation. You can't go into a sovereign nation. Well, the United States goes into sovereign nations all the time. We go into sovereign nations like people go get a fast food hamburger. Seems like we have troops all over the world. And we're threatening the government that now holds power in Niger, that we're going to send troops in there too. But aren't they a sovereign country? Well, they're not if the United States says they want to send troops in, I guess. I don't know how that works, but I see a huge double standard here. Of course, everyone else sees the same thing I do. But I could probably go on for five or six episodes about how everything is upside down and how conspiracy theories are more fact than theory all across the board. Well, I'm going to change gears, and I didn't mention this earlier, and I wanted to. I want to thank all those who have sent in a donation for the Geeseys. They're the couple that had the fire in eastern Washington. And I'm going to keep this fundraiser going for quite some time because I have listeners that tune in some weeks and don't get to hear me in other weeks as far as atmospheric conditions on shortwave. And also, some people don't have access to internet only but maybe once or twice a month. And so, in a nutshell, I'm trying to raise money for a very wonderful couple who lost everything in a fire. They do have insurance, so they're not destitute. And I want to be upfront about that. But they could sure use our support and our prayers. And if you have a dollar or two you can spare, that would be wonderful to bless this wonderful couple of Christians that 
really need our help. They're our brother and sister in Christ, and I think we need to stand the gap with them. I think we need to go arm in arm and let them know we care. And if you donate anything, make sure you donate. Make sure you designate it by writing on the check or writing a note that says this is for the fire fund or this is the fundraiser. And you would mail that to me at Thunderbolt West Media, P.O. Box 163, Hershey, Nebraska, 69143. And all your donations are very much appreciated. Well, getting on to gardening, I've noticed here that the tomato crop stinks. I see lots of tomato plants, and I don't see tomatoes on anyone's plants. I know that I've only had one or two tomatoes, and they were kind of sickly misshapen things that I ate them. They tasted good, but just not getting any flowers. Now, I'm not a very good gardener when it comes to tomatoes because I'm gone a lot, and some years tomatoes take quite a bit of attention. And I've got to be honest, I've weeded them, and I've watered them, and that's about all I've done. I've kind of neglected them. And so I can't use my tomatoes as a judge, but as I'm driving around at tractor speeds, I go past people's gardens, and I'm just not noticing any tomatoes. So I'd like to get a report of how your tomatoes are doing, and maybe it's just the soil here. Maybe it's the varieties that we got in from the nurseries this year. It might be the weather, but I'm not sure. I know my corn is doing well. I now have some corn stalks, and I'm not exaggerating, that are 14 feet high. I don't think I've ever had corn that high. And I've had the deer get into my corn, and they pretty well decimated my sweet corn. I am going to be harvesting a lot of sweet corn if there's anything left. And I'm going to take the corn that's on the ground that they took a bite out of. Well, let's cut that ear in half, and I'll go ahead and process the stuff that's good. I'll have to clean it really well and really use my best judgment of which is of which is salvageable. But the deer really came in and wiped me out as far as sweet corn. But those ears are anywhere between five and six, seven feet high on this real tall corn. And so I have to reach up to get the ears. And I think that that is helping keep the deer out of that part of the cornfield because so far I've only lost one or two ears of that real tall corn. And I planted an open pollinated variety of field corn called Wapsie Valley. And Wapsie Valley is fairly popular among people that plant open pollinated corn. I can't wait to harvest this corn because I want to get it safe away from all the deer and other predators, the raccoons. And of course, I have to keep it mouse proof and, and have to keep the moss off of it or else they'll lay eggs that'll eventually bore into the germ of the corn seed and, and kill that kernel of corn. But what I'm doing is building a seed bank of open pollinated corn. And next year, I plan on building a more deer-proof fence and doing about 10 acres of this corn if I can. Now, if I harvest the seed, if I can get it out before the deer get it, then I'll definitely have enough seed for 10 acres. And then if I can get that 10 acres of corn, if I can save that from the deer next year, then I'll have about 360 acres worth of corn seed. I want to get an abundance of corn seed because it's not GMO and it's not hybrid. It's open pollinated. It's natural. It's what your great-great-grandparents planted. And I think that everyone who has a garden 
should be saving all of their open pollinated heirloom seeds because I think that they're doing things to our food supply to make us sick. I think they're putting chemicals on the seeds to either inhibit their growing or limit their yield. There's something going on with the seeds that I've been planting anyway because the last three years, the gardens that I've been able to maintain just don't have that vim and vigor that normally gardens have here. And I'm seeing quite a few people's gardens, like I mentioned, and nobody's garden looks great. Just nobody's. And maybe it's just this area, I'm not sure. But anyway, I do think that there's something up, and I think we need to save our own seeds. I think we need to get very good at that. And if all of us have our little Noah's Ark full of seeds that we have in reserve, I think we're going to be much better off. I'm going to kind of walk that into the economy. I think that the open pollinated seed prices are going to go through the roof. So I think that you're going to have some pretty good property if you have some of the seed saved back. But not only are you going to have pretty good property to trade or sell, you're saving a lot of money if you save it yourself. Everything is just going horribly high in the supermarket and at the feed store and at the hardware store and at the gas pump. and The taxes are getting absolutely astronomical. I talked to a person yesterday that their income stayed the same, exactly the same as it did a year ago. But when they paid their taxes, they had to pay one-third higher taxes than they did last year on the same income. One-third higher. And then they turn around and give all the money to Ukraine. Do you see something wrong here? It seems like they're trying to make us all dead broke. And then they're unleashing these pandemics and things that are trying to make us dead. And so everything you can do to stockpile and to get self-sufficient, I really think that's a plus in your favor. So I think on every project you do and every thought for survival, everything that you're trying to put together, has to be built with you being self-sufficient in mind. It can't be built around Uncle Bob or Aunt Jane or your best friend or anybody else. It's got to be built around you and what you can do and your skill set. And anything you're lacking, get on a learning curve and learn it. Example, welding. If you don't know how to weld, learn how and practice. Get good enough that you can at least make a weld that'll hold. Maybe it won't be the prettiest weld and it won't look professional, but you can definitely learn how to weld well enough to hold two pieces of metal together safely. And the same goes with gardening and saving seeds and carpentry and plumbing and electrical work. Now, I have to say with electrical work, you have to be extremely careful because it's deadly. And so if you know nothing about electricity, well, take some night classes, watch a bunch of videos, do something to bring your knowledge of electricity and how it works and all the theories and principles behind it. You need to do that. And also, plumbing can be very intricate, and it can involve water pumps and electrical components and things. So there's another one you need to really study on. As is with woodworking, you have to do your woodworking safe. And so you need to have your safety glasses and have to beware of kickbacks and things on table saws and 
There's a lot of do's and don'ts and axioms that you can use when you're working with wood that'll keep your fingers on your hand. And also with welding and just using hand tools in general, there's lots of safety concerns. And so I have to back up all my talk about you learning how to do these things with saying safety first. Has to be done right, has to be done safe, not only for you, but those around you. And a great idea of safety is if you have a piece of metal, let's say a piece of angle iron and you cut it, well, make sure you take a file or a grinder or a piece of coarse sandpaper, just anything that'll dull the edges, and then take that very point off of where you cut. In other words, round the corners. Round them a little bit. Don't leave them all angular and sharp, because you can be walking by and you can catch that with your side of your stomach or your side of your arm or your leg or some other body part and have a really nice gash that will bleed quite a bit and can infect. And There's a lot of things not good that can happen if you leave your metal sharp. So no project that you're doing with metal is complete until you try to get rid of those edges. And also the same thing could pretty well be said about woodworking. There's an awful lot of people that get hurt by splinters that are sticking out an inch or two off the end of a board. Make sure your cuts are clean. And if it's going to be in a traffic area, let's say like a railing, well, take the edges off, round everything up, sand it down. You don't want to have splinters everywhere. And There's lots of things that you can do that are just common sense. And you need to do that on every project. You need to learn what the pitfalls are and you need to learn how to avoid them and just the right protocols and the right steps you have to do to have a successful project done safely. I have a lot of listeners who are starting to dust off their toolkits and their and buying woodworking tools and mechanical tools because I'm hearing from you. And I think that's awesome. We need to be a nation of doers and a nation of builders. And I think that it's going to be people that listen to this show and other shows like it that are going to have to rebuild everything after Joe Biden and all his ilk destroy this whole world. If mankind is to indeed exist, someone has to rebuild this mess. And I, for one, would rather have sane and rational people that have common sense rebuild this world other than these crazy, woke horrible satanic individuals that we have running things right now. So learn a skill, learn it well, and be safe. I wanted to give a quick animal update. That red-tailed hawk is still hanging around. I saw him just yesterday, and he's still noisy. He's just calling out and calling out, and he's not getting an answer. So I do think that we do have a hawk that's looking for other hawks here. And in my letter from Missouri... The crazy conspiracy theory sister said that they have some red-tailed hawks, but they're not as many as there used to be. And she mentioned their mud daubers there are also way down, that there's not very many mud daubers. And I know that I talk about mud daubers, and you're wondering, why do you talk about mud daubers? Because I think that as far as insects go in this area, they're the canary in the coal mine. I think they're the first one I really noticed that's just disappeared which means there's hundreds if not thousands of other types of insects that are either gone or their numbers have been depleted. I just haven't noticed yet. But I was thinking, why not the paper wasp? Why the mud dauber? 
And then it dawned on me. And I think I'm right. I could be wrong. This is just an opinion. It's a conspiracy theory. That all of the chemtrails are dumping, which is an admitted fact, by the way. So you can quit calling me a conspiracy theorist because I talk about chemtrails. They are officially real, admitted to by not only the scientific community, but also several governments in the world, admit spraying even insecticides and other toxic materials up in the atmosphere. And none other than that wonderful human being that we all love, Bill Gates, is funding destroying our planet with chemtrails. He's another one like Fauci that needs to be arrested. But back to the mud daubers. Mud daubers get a double dose of the chemtrails. They get it in the air as it comes down, but they go after the surface mud. And they roll it in a little ball and they take it and build a nest. What if their nests are toxic? And they're putting all their eggs and their larvae and everything inside a toxic tomb of mud that's only toxic because the chemtrails, the chemicals in the chemtrails, have come down and poisoned the land. That's what I suspect. I think that is exactly what's happening, is that it's not so much it's killing the adults, but these young eggs are entombed with soil that has been contaminated with the chemicals that are dropped from chemtrails. And that is why I think the mud daubers are gone. I could be wrong, but because I can't think of any other thing that could kill only that species as hard as it's done. It has to be something that is unique to that species that's killing it. And I think it's the fact that they're using mud. Well, I want to thank you for listening to the show. I really appreciate it. And please consider donating to this program to keep it on the air. It's very easy to do. You would send a check or money order. You'd write the check out to Thunderbolt West Media. You would mail to Thunderbolt West Media. P.O. Box 163. P.O. Box 163. Hershey, Nebraska. Hershey, Nebraska. The zip code is 69143. Again, thanks for listening. And until next time, keep those cards and letters coming. Stay safe. Stay teachable. And never, ever forget, replace fear with faith. This is Jim Calhoun with the Living Off Grid Power and Information Show. The song Step Out on the Sea is performed by Brit Small and Festival. Thank you for listening to Thunderbolt West Media.